welcome back. Well, guys. Welcome back. Oh wow, look at us on cue. Wow, it's almost like we meant it. Well, oh, man. this week, guys, I I don't even know what to say. I don't. <laughs> it, it. I don't even. If you could quiz me on this book mm-hmm. right now, granted, I finished it maybe an hour ago. If you mm-hmm. could quiz me, I don't think I would pass. <laughs> I had to write myself like a little quickish summary about the characters. Yeah. There was so many things going on in this book. So much in so little. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. So the book we're talking about is The House on Vesper Sands by Perrick O'Donnell. It it's the publishing house is Tin House in Portland, Oregon. So that was really cool. That was cool to find out, yes. Um, and I'm the one that found this book originally, which I'm apologizing now because that was a Through train wreck. TikTok, it was TikTok, right? it was TikTok, yeah. So this Do I is remember like the who? first no. bad recommendation through TikTok. Well, okay, bad for us. Bad for this us. Was, this was the a- amount of times I kept looking to see when this was published. When was it published? 2021. I was expecting <clears throat> early. 2000s the latest do you you know what makes it worse is that i bought this another book of this person's maybe that uh, one's published better. god i sure hope so <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry abe but i'm bringing this book to you because i just i know I he's about to receive uh two copies of it has on the i can i it's beautiful cover beautiful oh, gorgeous i have mine in a hardcover it's yeah. so pretty it's beautiful but will i ever read this again no, no i i'm gonna be honest guys if it wasn't for this podcast i would have dnf'd this book so quickly halfway I thought- through i was like i i need to find the audiobook my brain, my eyes can't. There's no way I would have been able to comprehend anything if there was an audiobook. No way. Listening to it, I would have been so lost. No, I would have been. Little... In, I might as well have been in the alleys in London in this book. I was so <laughs> confused. <laughs> the the audiobook did kind of feel like like a lecture almost, in like like a like the feeling that you have like I need to listen, I need to be paying attention to what these words mean. Oh no, I miss what did he say? I need to pay attention to shit. Now I just miss another part. <laughs> this book, I didn't like it so much that last night I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna lay in my bed and I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna read it and I'm gonna get like as far as I can. And then I started getting so sleepy, so so sleepy to the point where I was like, oh, it must be like eleven, eleven thirty. It was 10. <laughs> I was so tired. So I just. Unfortunate. <sighs> well, do you want to read? Yeah, I can. I can read Whatever that. their synopsis is. Yeah. Honestly, Time Magazine said a thrilling gothic mystery. Uh, they did. Uh, I don't I recognize any of the author names that blurbed it. Um, but, Seattle Times. Well, it's all like newspaper, like the Seattle Times, the Washington Post. Mine are- has a Sandra Newman, Benjamin oh. Dreyer, Sarah Perry. I, I don't recognize. Mine's got the, the Wall Street. They wrote Wall Street Journal, Oprah Daily. 
Oh my god. This is I have one from Irish Times and it says Dickens is whirling enviously in his grave, read by a fire on a cold winter evening. This did read like Charles Dickens. I don't know now if I've I'm ever thinking. read one of his books. Don't. Okay. <laughs> My most hated book. Most hated book is a Charles Dickens book. This Benjamin Dryers is riveting. Benjamin, wh- what in your life? Do you know what fun is? Benjamin. Because it's not probably sounding not. like he's named, it. He's named Benjamin. He's not. He probably doesn't know what fun is. Okay. All right. I guess we'll just get on to this. Ugh. I can't. Okay. London, 1893, which, you know, it makes sense because this is such like an old timey. The amount of times I read, sir. Okay. London, 1893, high up in a house on a dark snowy night, a lone seamstress stands by a window. So begins the swirling serpentine world of the Victorian inspired mystery. The story of a city cloaked in shadow, but burning with questions. Why does the seamstress jump from the window? Why is a cryptic message stitched into her skin? And how is she connected to a rash of missing girls, all of whom seem to have disappeared under similar circumstances? On the case is Inspector Cutter, a detective as sharp and committed to his work as he is wryly hilarious. I didn't find him funny (laughs) at all. (laughs) Gideon Bliss, a Cambridge dropout in love with one of the missing girls, stumbles into a role as Cutter's sidekick. And clever young journalist Octavia Hiddleton sees the case as a chance to tell a story that matters, despite her employer's preference that she stick to a women's society column. As Inspector Cutter peels back the mystery layer by layer, he leads them all at last to the secrets that lie ahead or lie hidden at the house on Vesper Sands. That that's all. I That is all. So what did what did you rate it? <clears throat> I gave it a three. Oh. Smack middle in the road. Okay. I was zero impressed, but it didn't make me angry and like despise it as other books have. Mm-hmm. Those books I give it to. Mm-hmm. So this one, I I can see how someone else would like it. You know what I mean? Someone with different tastes. Because it read, not that I've ever read Sherlock Holmes or Agatha Christie, but it it read why what I imagine classic mysteries older ones okay. read like yeah so if someone was into agatha christ like murder on the orange express and yeah. those kinds i can imagine they would like this because the I writing style it's very old-timey like it's not only just a historical mystery his writing style yeah mimics that time too yeah so if you're into that this book will probably be for you we're not into that <laughs> we are not no I gave it a two because I've never been more confused reading a book in my mm. entire life. Okay. Wow. It's very rare that I have a higher rating than you do. I know. I did not like this. I literally... So you are fresh off the cusp of reading this. I read it last month. Hell, I could have read it Thank last God year. I, I would have been in the same boat. I just... Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I did. I, I really tried. Like... I could have read it last weekend when I didn't have internet access. Mm-hmm. I read like maybe 10 pages and I was like, I've got to do something else. I, I cannot, just can't. I forced yeah. myself to finish it. I was trying to think really hard what my issue was with this because mm-hmm. the synopsis sounds great. The concept sounds like something we could really get into. Yes. And I think it's the genre 
because it was trying to be a lot of different things, but it didn't just choose a path. Like there was a kind of paranormal aspect that I was not expecting. There was, it's like gothic horror with its like descriptive atmosphere and like foggy London and like, but yeah. it was also a historical mystery and the, it just didn't blend <laughs> together. I, I will say A plus on the wording in the sense of making it 1893. Yeah. I will give it that. And yeah. <laughs> that is all I will give. I did not like to. So you get you get a lot, not a lot of different perspectives, but you get Octavia's point of view, Gideon's point of view. Mm-hmm. I want to say Inspector Cutters. I think you do a little bit somewhere. But the the author doesn't notate it at all. So you just start a new chapter and you're just like in it and you're like, wait, yeah, whose point of view is You kind of have to figure out where they are and try to figure out who they're talking yeah. to to figure out whose mind you're in. And at I, one point yeah. when when Gideon is in the church and then he, he meets um, Inspector Cutter and then they're talking and stuff and it's a little like ways into the book and then they're like, well, last night in the church, I'm like, all of this paper f- for one day? Yeah. We've only gone one day? <laughs> it was a lot of telling and not showing. Like, they'll appear and yeah. say what happened instead of us moving through the actual event. And I think I decided on what I would call this genre. Okay. Victorian Gothic Melodrama. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. That's a good. You know what I yep. mean? It's it it just couldn't. Yeah. It felt like he didn't have a layout of what he wanted the story to be. He just had like a no. beginning concept, and as he was writing, he's like, "Oh yeah, that'd be cool," and then like kept going. It's like way. you asked. It's it's like you asked a first grade class to come up with a story, mm. and then they put all of their what they wanted to yeah all their ideas together <laughs> it was just so chaotic that my my brain just couldn't comprehend at one point I read through a chapter I just stopped and I was like what did I even read like I mm. didn't even grasp any of what that was it was and I reading I was like I probably paced hard to follow and I don't know if it, it just felt such hardcore British humor which can be very dry and sarcastic. And it's hard to have that show through written words <laughs> if, yeah. if you're not British. Like if you watch a British show that's a comedy, it passes off much more easily than if you're reading it. And so you just, it, it's just weirdly all over the place. And like, my mind was just trying to catch all up all over the place. It was insane. <laughs> I did. Some of the characters were fun. Like if they made like a series of Octavia, that could be interesting. She was, she was my favorite. Yeah. Gideon talked a lot. <laughs> About what? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I just, there was so, yeah, there's a lot. And I mean, Everyone's different in their what they like to read and what they don't like to read. So maybe, I mean, obviously, like, 
I wouldn't say we're professionals because I mean, you know, we, I mean, we read, but everyone's got their, (laughs) okay. (laughs) This book sucked. No, (laughs) but everyone, I mean, like, like if you like how Mel described it and you're like, Oh, I think then go for it. I mean, yeah. If you're reading like classic mysteries, I can't think of anyone other than like the Sherlock Holmes stories or the Agatha Christie's. It's just a little dry. Yeah. Not as like thrilling and suspenseful. Like it didn't feel like there were high stakes. No, I don't know what Time Magazine said thrilling. There's no thrilling about this book. I wouldn't use thrilling or riveting, but (laughs) none of those. But yeah, I mean, if you. If you like the books that we've read for the podcast mm-hmm. and you like those genres and you, you kind of feel the same way we have with the books so far, you probably are not going to like this book. Yeah. And what's weird is we do like historical fiction. Like, we love Kristen Hanna. She writes a lot of historical fiction. Yes, the Lost Apothecary was historical fiction. Lost Apothecary was. Um, I've read other, like... But like Philippa Gregory, she writes a lot of like uh, uh, British monarchy old time. Mm-hmm. And I like historical fiction, but this one, just in the writing style alone, was just hard for my brain to process. Yeah, it really was. And I don't even mm-hmm. know, like, I guess there was a timeline. Like, how do we even go about usually we? I can't tell you. I can I I can I can read what I wrote for my little tiny well, summaries to remember who these people are. So, I mean, I guess I can do my very best since I this is so fresh still kind of in my brain before it I mean, ran I have away. Gideon dropped out of Cambridge. He ends up pretending to be a police sergeant to mm-hmm. track down a missing lady. Miss Tatum. Miss Tatum. Andrew. Mm-hmm. Uh, Detective Inspector Cutter. I hate how they do that. Detective Inspector Cutter. He's on the case of the dead seamstress. And then Octavia Hillingdon. She's a reporter, but she writes like social events and like women's yeah. problems, and she wants to do something uh, more with depth. Um, that's what I got. That's all I remember. Yeah. So basically, this book, the first the there's almost like parts. Yeah. It, so in the first part, we learn about Ethel Toll, who is a seamstress that works for Lord Scrythe. I, th- I think you have like that, yeah. whatever the Lord. She works for the Lord. Anyways, the Lord, the Lord. Um, so she's a seamstress. She comes in. She s- sewed on her body a I don't even remember what it said on it. It was something about the Lord. Oh, maybe I found it. No, I did not find it. Okay. Anywho, so she, so she, um, kind of knows what's going down. Something's going down. There's girls that are missing. So she writes a cryptic note. It's something about the the Lord. I remember that. Anyway, so she writes. She sews it on her body, and then she jumps from the balcony. Um, mm-hmm. the Lord has this weird old caretaker. Kare or whatever it's C-A-R there's a W in there somewhere whatever so yeah he's, he I got Aaron. real creepy vibes of him did not like him did not appreciate his uh, um, so when she dies 
Um, it then changes to Gideon Bliss. He, like you mentioned, dropped out of Cambridge. He is there because his uncle is paying for him to go to Cambridge. His parents died when he was young. He just has his uncle, kind of this weird, crazy uncle who's really into insects. Like that eccentric, crazy uncle. (laughs) Yeah. Who he doesn't see very much. He got this weird note um, because he's only visited his uncle really like one other time. And his uncle lives in like this boarding house or whatever. And that's where he met Miss Tatum. She is a girl that is an orphan who doesn't really know how to read. And so he kind of teaches her how to read, but also falls in love with her at the same time. They kind of get engaged. There's this whole weird thing with like a sixpence is what they call it. It the... non-specific. <laughs> I'm, I'm very so confused on that. So they leave it like. Are they engaged? Are they not engaged? So he goes back to Cambridge. When he comes back to visit his uncle after this weird note, he can't get into the house. His uncle's gone. So he goes to the church to sleep in it. This is such a weird book. Anyways, so then he gets to the church. Tatum's there. She's pretty much dead. I mean, she's not Mm. dead, but she looks like it. He gets knocked out, chloroformed, as we later find out. Tatum's missing so now he's panicking that the love of his life is gone and doesn't know what's happening so then he goes back to his uncle's house and finds inspector cutter who also lives there weird house anyways so then (laughs) he pretends to be someone he's not um because he wants to figure out what happened to her and then they just run around trying to figure it out meanwhile octavia has this friend named Elf. As one and does. As one does. He's a lord as well. And he's a little shady. We come to find out why. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so then she's... But does it? Doesn't make sense. Well, it doesn't, but... Nah. <laughs> but it does. <laughs> this whole book doesn't. And so then we are going along with Inspector Cutter and... Gideon and Octavia mm-hmm. kind of side by side each other. Yeah. And Octavia wants to know what's happening at the Lord Scrite's house. Um, her grandfather is like the owner of the newspaper, I believe. Something like that. And so she can kind of get away with doing yeah. stuff that women couldn't back in that time period. Uh, so she's trying to find the story. So she sends Elf to go get her information because they'll give it to him and not her. Yeah. And so she's trying to figure out the missing Tate, like Miss Tatum. And I don't even know like what really happens, but somehow they go to the house on Vesper Sands, which is where Lady Ada lives, which is Lord Scrythe's sister. Come to find out, Lord Scrythe has been murdering and kidnapping all these women to use their souls. I felt almost like this was Tangled, where she, like, sings the song and then gets all the, you know. I was like, what? what? youth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, basically, we come to find out that Lady Ada can see people's souls and some people shine brighter than others. And so her brother was killing girls that shined brighter because he wanted their energy, basically. 
to make them look younger. And shockingly enough, Elf was also in on this and uh, really does a 180 on Octavia, tries to shoot her. Never then trust also, an elf. Then also a man loses his head on a train at one point. That was a yeah, wild, a wild time. And then Miss Tatum is like half a ghost, half not, and she's fading. And that was a wild concept. That then reminded I, me of Hocus Pocus when they like suck the, and then like he's like yes. kind of see through. That's how yes. I pictured it. <laughs> yes. So then they're on a beach outside of the house on Vesper Sands. And Elf has a gun to Bliss. Bliss is freaking out. Cutter's telling Elf, no matter what, I'm going to shoot you because I got a really nice gun. Like the best of the best. (laughs) And uh, then all of a sudden, the floor opens up and takes this part. So in my perspective, the fl- basically hell opens up and takes That's Elf. That's what I pictured. And then, but then I thought that Bliss was dead because then Miss Tatum could see him and like talk to him and stuff. And oh, that's right. So then I was like, oh my god, did Bliss die? I was gonna a little. I, I mean, out of all the characters, I tolerated him the most. Other than Octavia, but like mm-hmm. of the two guys, I was like, mm, if one's mm-hmm. gonna die, I'd rather be Cutter. And so then, <laughs> then it fast forwards to Octavia writing a book about the whole spiel. Lady mm-hmm. Ada, basically, she was a prisoner on Vesper Sands by her brother while he was just running around amuck killing people. A muck, and then uh, Bliss is fine. He was totally near death. Fine. He was near death. I guess he got shot in the stomach. Lady Ada sewed him up, took the bullet out. Good as new, I guess. And then uh, now he's a, was it, not sergeant. He's a an actual officer, whatever they call it. Yeah. And that's how it ends. There's ghosts. I, I really was not expecting the paranormal aspect of it all. I'm still not, I'm so confused on what happened to Elle. There was I zero hints. I think he got taken to hell. I don't even know. I I pictured like sinkhole status from like um this is how it ends the mm-hmm. movie mm-hmm. how it just opens up and that's yeah. what I pictured and then like sealed back up or something. I had more questions than answers at the very end. Oh yeah, not a clue. And then and then also Octavia was talking to Cutter because she's trying to like get them to help her with her book. And that's when we see Bliss and we're like, oh, he's still alive and doing okay. And then we learn that they're like on their way to go and like capture people that are using slaves, but girls. I'm like, what? What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm, uh, what did he say? He says something about, uh, let me see. I got this. Hold on. I will find it. Oh, I'm pursuing a gang of slavers since you asked. Slavers here in London. And uh, she was like, but where are they bringing these poor creatures from? He's like, there's no shortage of shipping, miss. And uh, England must have its cotton still. 
And she was like, but living men, living men packed into the holds of ships in this day and age. And he was like, it's not men they are bringing in, miss. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. I'm like, this, I am five pages away of being done and you bring slavery into this? <laughs> what is happening? Oh, Lordy. And that's that. And that's that. So I you have questions. I hope you're just as confused as I am. You have questions? Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know. Oh, okay. I don't even know if I have answers. Why do you think the book started with the seamstress jumping out the window? Because we don't get uh, like the victim's perspectives at all. Other than that. I'm going to be honest. I don't even know why that's in there. We could have just learned that she died. Mm -hmm. That was probably the most interesting part of the book for me. I thought it was going to be on her death. We don't even hear about her after that. Ever, yeah, no, we don't. She did all that for nothing. Yeah. Why? Yeah. I don't know. Because he wanted to throw another aspect in there, I guess. Who knows? Do you think the story would have worked better if it were in a different time period? Honestly, no. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> My only hope would be that the writing style would be different for it. If it were a little more, you would have to change the whole book. I think, I think the London spooky aspect worked. Mm. I think the old timiness, like kind of worked, kind of like Sherlock Holmes. I mean, we've used that, yeah, that reference a lot. But mm-hmm. I think that worked. Paranormal really had me confused. I feel like there was just so many things happening. It just was. It needed so to much. decide. It needed to decide on an end goal yeah there was no end goal you think there could be a sequel i sure hope not it was (laughs) (laughs) okay well the follow-up was would you read it (laughs) no (laughs) now watch now watch that that other book that i own is a sequel and i did buy it well because it kind of felt like this was like the setup for these three characters to be like a team, and then like the it's just like their adventures and different. I mean, cases. maybe. Yeah, I couldn't read it though. This the second book that I have of his is the Maker of Swans. That before um, or after this one? It's after. It's June twenty twenty two. It could have gotten better. This one is about in the dead of a night. Shots ring out over the grounds of a sprawling English estate. The world-weary butler uh, recognizes the gunman, his longtime employer, and knows he must think and act quickly. Who is the man lying dead on the lawn? Who is the woman in his company? Can he clean up his master's mess like he always has before? Or will this bring a new kind of reckoning? Meh. Maybe. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. A year could change someone's writing. Don't have much hope. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> This book it, is like what four hundred something pages. Yes, and the swan, the swan one is significantly shorter, I believe. Okay, I was gonna say you could probably this book definitely needed an editor, and they could have probably taken out a good hundred pages of this book. Probably two hundred. Let's be honest. Oh, it's not that <laughs> significant. It's three sixty eight pages. The swan one. Mm, well, better. And it has less less ratings. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> but it also has less like 
So the House on Vespersands has 6,303 ratings. The Maker of Swans has 1,266. So it's like significantly oh. less. Wow. Yeah. Well, let, let's hear these uh, one-star reviews, shall we? So this book has a 3.43 stars on Goodreads. <clears throat> oh. Yes. I was also <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay. After finishing this book, I'm still unclear on whether it inspired to be a mystery or a ghost story, but unfortunately, it failed at both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this started out okay, but then descended into ridiculousness. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. They call them spiriters. Oh, yeah. I oh, Man, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm generally sorry for those who love this book. I read the entire book and still have absolutely no clue what happened. I've never <laughs> been so I've never been so confused with a book. <laughs> yes. You should read one of the five star reviews to see oh. what it is that they okay. like. Okay, okay. Let me make sure that there's no uh <laughs> there's no more uh one star. Good Let's one see. Star. Let's see. I know. Yeah, a lot of people DNF'd it. Ooh. Um, I found this book tedious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cheesy ghost story. Just awful. Oh. Yeah. It up. Okay, five stars. All right, let's. Let's see. Um. I, this person, I just finished reading the house of vesper saints and i loved it it's the second novel from him and i found it far more accessible than the first the maker of swan so great oh i was gonna say geez how bad that first one and then <laughs> oh my goodness i totally love this one part victorian mystery part gothic and part fantasy this had me gripped from the start <sighs> helen well her name is helen let helen yeah Get a um linda who looks older <laughs> uh excellent read atmospheric spooky funny and a page turner oh wow <laughs> linda see it's for some people like linda <sighs> they're a delightful mystery and exactly what i needed to distract myself from current events this week i mean it would it did distract me because my confusion for like the outside world just moved I towards wanted, its book. I wanted to do literally anything else than read this book. <laughs> <laughs> I did not like this book at all. It it was just, hard to pick back up. I, I tonight I was reading it. I had like maybe fifty pages left when I got home, and I'm reading it on the couch and. Mom was just like, said something. And I looked at her and she's like, sorry, I know you're reading. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to finish this book. She was, aren't you recording the podcast tonight? I said, yeah, I am. Yeah. She was like, yeah. why did you wait? And I was like, because I don't want to read this. <laughs> it's, it's hard to force yourself to read a book. Mm-hmm. Kind of like in school. Yeah. Like when you're forced to read. And I've never had a problem with reading for the podcast. Ever. Yeah. Like I'm, it it helps me stay focused, and usually I can knock a book out in a, like two or three days. I'm yeah. usually okay. This one just, 
I wanted to stop so many times. It dragged. Yeah, literally, like, every time, like, I remember I was reading it, and I picked up, like, I kept, like, drinking my water bottle. And then, like, I felt it was, like, half full and be like, oh, I could refill it. And so I put it down and, like, went and got a refill. It's like, I found anything. Mm-hmm. And just because, like, it was hard. It was a rough well, one. It was. It was a rough go. Yeah, like I said, Abe, you're gonna get two copies of this. I, <laughs> it's it's mighty beautiful. It, it's I'm so never nice. picking that book up ever again. Yeah, well, I guess it goes to show we don't love every book we read. No, no matter how how we how we think it's gonna go. But, I was excited about it, but no, yeah, yeah, well. I was excited about it too. But what I am excited about is next week's pick. We're back on our true crime shit. I'm so excited. We have The Stranger Beside Me by Anne Brule. This is kind of the book that launched her true crime just because she knew Ted Ted Bundy in person. She had yeah. worked with him at a call center. So this was, I don't think this is her first book. But no, it's I just. I think her, it's just the first one that really popped off and made her. It's her first bestseller. Yeah. Yeah, it, there's a little like blurb on blurb her, about him. and it says that Anne Rule wrote 35 New York bestsellers, all of them still in print. Her first bestseller was The Stranger Beside Me, about her personal relationship with um, serial killer Ted Bundy. She yeah. was a she was a Seattle police officer. Didn't know mm-hmm. that. I did not know yeah, that. She grew up in Pacific Northwest. Ted Bundy um, even stopped at the city and the campus. The college campus we went to school at. So kind of an extra heightened weird thing with the places she describes because we know some of them. And it was really weird reading it. But I so you got me into Anne Rule because you Mm -hmm. found her books before I did. And we've done an Anne Rule book in the past. Um, Yes, the I five killer. Yes. And I just love that in the middle of her books, she's got like the pictures. I really, yeah, yeah. I pictures, really enjoy that. Files, the cases, court yeah. pictures, and it's her writing style is fairly non-biased. And she tells in this one, you know, what she thought of Tim Bundy, her experiences with him. And I already read it; it's good, but. <laughs> is a lot thicker than I anticipated. Yeah, it's it's kind of a thick one, but it's also a pocket book. So it was pretty fast to get through, I will say. Okay. It's 550. I was yeah. It's a thick one. But, it, but yes, I I'm very excited to read this. I shouldn't be okay. as excited to read a true crime, but I just I love how she writes. Mhm. So Especially after this week, man, we need some good writing. Yes. Yeah. And I own, so I own I5 Killer. I own this one. And then I also own, um, so towards the end of the I5 Killer book, that guy, his his name is escaping me, but um, he is in contact with a woman that's incarcerated that Mm -hmm. killed her children in Oregon. Um. And I actually found the annual book on her and her life. So I'm intrigued to to yeah. read that and see if there's anything on her talking to the I-5 killer. But, yes, I'm very excited. 
um, for this true crime. We've we've watched the uh, Ted Bundy like documentaries. Yeah, just about all of them. There's quite a few, especially recently with the Ted Bundy like the confession tape series that Netflix has. Those Zac confession Efron tape series, I love movie. them so much. Yeah, we have watched the doc. Yeah. yeah, they're all good. Love them, mm-hmm. and uh, very excited. So excited. Hopefully this will make up for this week. I tell you what, guys. Oh, we can forget about this week. How about that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Please. Well, if you want to see what else we're reading, you can check out our Instagram at Baby Podcast. We have our schedule up on there. We have a link in the bio that leads to our other links, like to our Goodreads, where you can see what other books we're at mm-hmm. or have. Because, yep. ooh, boy, is our TBR long. <laughs> yes, um, it is. And our TikTok. That That's is all, all I have to say about that one. <laughs> that is all. It is <laughs> there. It exists. It does. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll figure it out. Uh, okay. thing. Uh, yeah. So next Sunday at noon, we'll talk about some true crime. I'm excited, true guys. Crime? Yep, it's gonna Love be a good it. time. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We need to go. Well, on that note, (laughs) bye, guys. Bye.